welcome to the West Cheltenham podcast. We want to see communities and places buzzing with the extraordinary presence of Jesus. Join us live on YouTube every Sunday at 10.30am. We really hope you enjoy this message. So throughout this Lenten season, we've been journeying with Jesus through these last chapters of Mark's Gospel. Uh, today, we're looking at another event that happens on the Thursday, uh, what we know as Monday Thursday, uh, the day before Jesus is crucified, uh, Good Friday. And on that Thursday, that first Thursday, a, a lot happens. Um, first of all, they gather to celebrate the Passover meal and Josh took us through that uh, passage last week. And uh, during the Passover meal, Jesus tells them that one of them is going to betray him, Judas, of course. And then during the meal, he takes bread and he takes the wine and he gives it to them and he interprets the bread, this is my body, this is my body for you. And then he takes the cup of wine and he says this, This is the cup of wine. This is my blood which is shed for many. Do this in remembrance of me. Reinterpreting the Passover meal. And then as they leave, if that's not enough, Jesus predicts that Peter, yes, even Peter, will deny him. Not once, not twice, but three times. Peter will deny even knowing Jesus. And so all of this is done, of course, to to prepare the disciples for what's going to unfold over the next hours. And so they arrive at our text today at Gethsemane. And Gethsemane, it's there that Jesus wants to show them one last thing in Mark chapter 14, beginning at verse 32. They went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. And so he arrives at Gethsemane with his disciples. And then he takes three of them, Peter, James, and John. And he says, come further with me into the garden. And he took them with him. Now, Mark asked Peter, James, and John to come with him on two previous occasions. Those two occasions are, first of all, so they're they're his closest friends, if you like. There were three of the first four disciples to be called, and they, they were the people who perhaps were closest to him. And he's preparing them for a future leadership role. And so there are certain things he wants them to know and understand. So the first time, I wonder if you can recall that they're taken aside, is the transfiguration. They ascend the mountain and there Peter, James and John experience Jesus. The cloud is drawn back, the veil is withdrawn and they see Jesus in all his glory. They glimpse him, the risen, the ascended Jesus. And Jesus wants Peter, James and John to see, to understand in some way a gradual dawning but they he needs them to know who he is the other occasion that he invites Peter James and John along is to the raising of Jairus's daughter and he allows only those three in the 
girl's parents to see this miraculous healing. Everyone thought she was dead, but Jesus said, no, she's only sleeping. And she said, rise to full health. So in that secret place again, Peter, James, and John glimpse just who this is and what he's come to do. And so, here you are, you're Peter, James, and John, and you're invited further into the garden. What are you anticipating? You've seen on the Mount of Transfiguration, heaven parted. You've seen in that little room a daughter raised from the dead. What are you anticipating if you're Peter, James, and John? Despite your tiredness, your confusion, surely something now is going to be revealed. And so let's look closely at what is revealed. If you're following in the Bibles, look with me. So, he took Peter, James, and John, verse 33, along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed. Jesus is deeply distressed, and he's troubled. And he says, my soul soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. My soul is so heavy with sorrow, even to the point of death. And then they go a bit further, and he says, Abba, Father, Abba, Father, Father in heaven, that intimacy, the one who holds me, Abba, Father, everything is possible with you. I know that, Jesus says, I know that. Everything is possible with you, and so, take this cup from me. Take this cup from me this cup of suffering, yet not what I will, but your will. What do Peter, James, and John see? They see this authority figure, this powerful figure from the past, suddenly throwing himself to the ground. The grief, the prayer. If there's another way, God, Father, And he's asking for it to be taken from him. And it's not what Peter, James, and John would have expected, but they need to see it. Always Jesus had been so calm and collective in control, and now he's distraught. And, and he asked just one thing of them. To stay with me, stay awake, and pray. He asked just one thing of Peter, James, and John of the disciples. Just stay awake and pray with me. Be with me. And he comes back and he finds that they can't even do that. And he finds them sleeping. Not once, not twice, but three times. And, and almost let the picture speak to you of what Jesus is doing here. Just Hold that scene in your mind for a moment, just in, in stillness. The desolation, the abandonedness, the aloneness, the desperate prayer. Just imagine that scene and you're witnessing it.
Jesus, the Son of God, and the loneliness he must have felt, wrestling alone with God in prayer, grieving, praying for another way. How can it be? How can that be? And yet he wants Peter, James, and John to see it, to experience it. You see, something is being revealed here. Something, I wonder what is being, there's, there's the full humanity of Jesus, yes. He, just as we are, the sort of prayer that we'd pray, the desperation, the grief. But, but what else is being revealed? And I wonder if, if the true love and grace of God is on display. As much in Gethsemane as on the cross. You see, this is the point of decision. Jesus could surely have slipped away in the darkness in this garden and, and found another way or, or said, no, that's too much, just like you and I do. But he stays there. He prays, and we're not told how God answers, but somehow the realization that he's got to go through comes across to Jesus. And he returns to the third time to the disciples, and he finds them sleeping. And he says, verse 41, enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Come on, get up. Let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Do you feel it? Can you feel it? I think it's a scene to be felt rather than described. But what he has to get across to Peter, James, and John, the disciples then, and you and I now, was that what happens next is no tragic set of circumstances. It, this isn't just how it happened and it fell this way, but this is very clearly the intention of God and the determination of God the Son. He is putting himself into the hands of the one who will betray him to be done to. He's deliberately handing himself over because Scripture has to be fulfilled. As I said, Mark's gospel up to this point, Jesus has always been in control. He speaks authoritatively, acts decisively. He changes situations by his words and deeds. Everyone encounters there's a transformation. Mark describes the scene Jesus' words or actions, and the situation is transformed. He calls fishermen from their nets. He casts out demons. He stills the storm. He confounds the critics. He raises the dead. His words and deeds transform situations. He is the subject. He determines what happens. From now on, he will not dictate a single action in the remainder of his life. He will be the object of being done to. If you're following the Lectio 365 prayer, try and make a note of that over the next couple of weeks. Everything will be done to him, but to be clear, he put himself in that place. It was no accident of circumstances. Get up, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. 
and he hands himself over to the worst that humankind can do. As I've been grappling with this over the last week, I have been wondering, where's the gospel, where's the good news in this for us? Where's the good news? Be, because it's heavy and I, I found it incredibly sad, to be honest, that that could happen and that, that no one was alongside him. When I'm suffering, the, you know, maybe the suffering can't be taken away, but the reassurance that somebody is alongside me is always that comfort, isn't it? And as a church, we'd always want to be there alongside as best we can. Sometimes we can't change a situation. But I can't help but see the utter grace and love of God. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. God the Son who, who gives himself so totally. He had a choice. He had a choice. But he gives himself so totally to you and to me. And what I think we're encountering in this garden is, is the grief of God. Can we say that? The grief of God, the cost of it. And, and we can only feel the cost. But in feeling the cost and seeing what God has done, surely our response is, is one of, what a Savior. What a great Savior. And if I'm going to put my all, all in God's hands, what a Savior. What a safe place to hand my all over to. See, I wonder if, if seeing Jesus suffer this way and come to God in prayer isn't just a reminder to us that God is always present to us. You see, even when the suffering can't go, and boy, do we suffer, or those close to us suffer, our family, our friends suffer, where, where do we go with that? I've lost too many people because God didn't turn up, or at least that's how they saw it. I've lost too many people to church because of that over the years. But the truth is, you see, God is in the suffering. He doesn't take the suffering. When I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil for what? You are with me. Jesus had to walk this path alone, but he's the only one who had to walk this path alone. That on the cross he was, however we understand it, separated from God, but he is the only one that ever has to go through that experience. When I walk through the valley of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. What a Savior. Have you put your faith in Jesus? Have you given your all to him? Have you said, Lord, you are, you are my God? I want you and I need you to the depth of my being. Or that sense, oh, I, I, I just need you, Lord. And he would give himself to you so fully, so completely. His love, his grace, his forgiveness, his promise that he's always with you and always will be. And just one last observation, that prayer of Jesus, perhaps a model for us all. Um, not my will, but your will be done. I've prayed that prayer on many occasions. 
And sometimes I'm not proud to say my will ended up being done, not his will. I wonder if some of you are like me as well. But it's a prayer for every circumstance of life, isn't it? My work, my family, my friends, my leisure, wherever I might find myself, Lord, your will or my will. And so the path is determined for us as well. God's will or or our will. He went through Gethsemane for you and I who keep choosing my will. But his prayer is always for us. Follow me, and I've done it for you. I believe Gethsemane is the greatest revelation of the love of God, his grace, his mercy, of doing it for what we can't do ourselves. And that's confirmed on the cross. I invite you the next few days to spend some time in the garden and realize what he's done for you. Maybe for the first time. Maybe a reminder. We're going to respond in, in song, just a, a chance to offer ourselves back to him. But as the group come out, I'm just going to read the next few verses from Mark's Gospel. This is how the passage continues. Rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Just as he was speaking, Jesus, one of the twelve appeared with him. With him was a crowd armed with swords and clubs, sent from the chief priests and the teachers of the law. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with him. It's the one I kiss. Lead him away. Jesus said, am I leading a rebellion that you have come out with swords and clubs to catch me? Every day I was with you, teaching in the temple courts, and you did not arrest me. But the scriptures must be fulfilled. Then everyone deserted him. Everyone deserted him and fled. And he was alone. Thanks so much for listening. To hear more messages like this, make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss out. If you want to find out more, head to westchelt.org.uk or search Westchelt across social media. We love you. We can't wait to see you again.